Welcome to the third episode of Exit 17. Um, it's been almost a month in quarantine at this point, approaching a month, which is crazy to think about, even though it might not be anywhere near the end. But on that sad note, uh, how's the extended quarantine machine you like? Yeah, not much has changed. Um, a lot of repetitive stuff and just like the same old taking online classes, staying at home, mostly trying to figure out ways to kill time. But definitely a as we approach like the one month mark, I feel like it's important to, I don't know, share like a couple lessons we both learned. I don't know. I've been doing some reflecting and thinking about this uh, recently. So let's just jump into that. What are some lessons you've learned from this coronavirus situation? Yeah, a few things come to mind in terms of lessons learned just in general and also in specific relation to coronavirus. Uh, one thing is something we talked about a bit last week, which is uh, listen to the experts. Um, I think that this is like a very powerful situation and that it's become very clear that if you don't listen to people who know what they're talking about, if you don't ideally invest in preparing for these sorts of things beforehand, but even if you are left sort of flat-footed like this country was about a month ago, listening to people who know what they're talking about before you have no choice at all is pertinent. I think in this case, you saw something where we're still trying to recover from perhaps, not to get too political, but perhaps gross negligence in terms of not listening to doctors as soon as they tell you what's going on and only acting when you have no choice and it's a complete crisis. And so trying to avoid that sort of mentality is important. And I think it's important in terms of a lesson, even if something like a pandemic is not super common, you have doctors who have been saying for years and are currently saying for climate change, for example, that this is a huge problem that people should be addressing it. And if there's an opportunity for people to look in the mirror and say, wow, maybe we should listen to these people and do something before it's too late. And for that's a crisis that people can see with their own two eyes. That might be helpful. Staying with the somber note, um, with, with listening to, to scientists and to people who are have some have some foresight that most people wouldn't do their expertise uh the second thing i was thinking about is obviously the lens of this entire situation is the healthcare system and the point or the lesson learned i guess is that people need healthcare. um i think that you have a system in the united states where there's very deeply ingrained injustices and inequalities i guess perhaps is a better word either economically or in terms of access to healthcare, along racial groups. There's a lot of data about minorities who are predisposed to coronavirus because of years of being sort of taken advantage of by a pay-for-play system. And so I think that taking a look in the mirror in that regard is important too, just in terms of having a sustainable national healthcare system that serves as many Americans as possible. That being said, I think that it's not, you know, it's definitely an easier said than done kind of situation. I don't think that, for example, a super abrupt path that could be very disruptive and cost millions of jobs to achieve Medicare for all, for example, is necessarily the solution. But I think that rolling back healthcare and and uh, sort of playing political partisan games with people's healthcare is not the way to go. I think that we should be working together towards learning from this from a healthcare point of view as well and providing for as many Americans as possible before people are dying in large numbers. Um, the last thing, which is a lot less 
political and a lot less, uh, I guess, hot button, you know, a lot less of a hot topic is why are cruise ships a thing? Um, <laughs> this is something that came up tangentially to the coronavirus with ships of people who are being infected and not being able to leave ships. But I mean, the point is that like, I understand people like cruises. I don't personally, but like, what is the purpose? I know you had some thoughts about this. Like, if you want to, if it to seem like you're at a hotel, why don't you just be on land? I don't know. But what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I've never been a fan of cruise ships. I just think it's uh, just a really dumb business model. I get it's like cool when you're like on the cruise ship, going from island to island, spend one day here, one day there, and it just keeps it going. So you pull up to like a beach, or I don't know how they do it, and you just get to explore different parts of like a region, which is pretty cool. But in general, I'm not the cruise uh, kind of guy. I just do not like cruises at all. I think I much prefer resorts. I think they're really uh, comparable to one another. And if I had to choose between being on land or on a ship uh, in the middle of the ocean, I'd probably go with being on land. Um, just more comfortable situation. And there's like a zombie apocalypse on like a cruise ship. You're done. Like, what are you going to do? There's land. At least I have options where I could go run different directions, you know, improvise. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I think I said it a minute ago. If you want to, if you want it to seem like you're on land, if you want it to seem like you're at a hotel, if you want it to seem like you're in a city in the middle of a country, you yes, could so just do those things without those, being those options, those options <laughs> <exist>. <laughs> You could check all those boxes. Yeah, I think we're in agreement on that one. But yeah. people are, you know, people are big cruise people. My grandparents are big cruise people. All the power to them, but it seemed a little bit superfluous to me. Yeah. Um, I had a couple lessons I took away from all this, too. I mean, definitely, uh, I agree with both of your comments you made um, earlier about um, like the healthcare system and all that stuff. Definitely think that. All Americans should have access to it um, and is definitely a thing that needed to be implement, implemented a while ago. In terms of other stuff, on a less more serious note, um, lessons I took away, I know one of them was fast, fast food workers should be treated better, in my opinion. Um, I know, I've been going to a lot of fast food places uh, during these times, and I just don't think like the wages they receive, they don't receive benefits. I don't, they don't get healthcare benefits either. And there isn't a horrible position where I know that's, they don't give them enough hours. So they aren't required to give them the benefits, which is kind of fucked. Um, I'm a big fast food uh, chain supporter and I think that they should treat their workers better. So that's one takeaway I had. Another takeaway was um, I was just thinking about how much time we spend on doing things that don't really matter like in, in the regular world. So like during these times, I've realized that I can't do a bunch of activities, but I guess they don't really matter. And they're just not really like a pressuring need to do them. Like we can survive without them. And it's just like a way to kill time. So that was really opening for me as well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there's a couple other small ones, but those were the main two. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? No, yeah, I mean, I think that just maybe to push back a little bit, 
I think a lot of things you do don't matter, I guess, like you're saying, but also like it's easier to fill the day with all those things. I mean, I guess you could say a lot of things don't matter, but like also, you know, it's been a bit of an experiment in terms of like how many activities you can just make up in your own house. I'm doing things that matter even less, just sitting around than, you know, going to see people and do things. So I guess it's, it's a big cultural shift and it'd be interesting to see if people act differently once they sort of incrementally end the, the quarantine, see if everyone acts the same and does all the same things, or if there's groups of people who you know, are still not wanting to go to like a really crowded bar, even right after it ends. I mean, I, I might be kind of rattled. I have no, I have no idea. You know, it'd be I, interesting to see, but. I think we're going to see that. I don't think people are going to be rushing to uh, crowded places. I just don't see the need. Uh, especially like a concert or a sporting event or like you mentioned like crowded bars i just don't think that is the smart choice to do and i think people are gonna be scared of that and i don't know how long it will last honestly i feel like some people might be like done going to sporting events (laughs) (laughs) they're not taking any more chances you know yeah there's not much you can do it's like people are sitting like centimeters apart from each other and they create like a compact loud environment um, that's like what makes sports great, especially going to games. So definitely going to be interesting to see the changes in the industry and what they do to help uh, like take away those fears that people have. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a cultural shock. I think I mean, even if people do don't do some of those things, any any small sort of opening up of, of life is better. Even if we can go hang out with like two or three people and, you know, not be worried about that. That's still like way different than what you're supposed to be doing now in terms of just staying home and staying locked in. So, yeah, I'm ready for them to implement like a no gathering more than like 10 people or something like that. Just like let us gather in small numbers. Yeah. I think mean, that's great too, but people are coping. One of those drew, one of your friends drew one of those people who's um, learning to, to adapt new habits and, and live to the new, the new lifestyle. Do you want to, we introduce him before he comes on. Oh, yeah. We got a great interview coming on with Drew. This guy is, I feel like if one person could represent Boston, I feel like he does a good job in it. I don't know. I always see him with like a Dunkin' Donuts cup. It's just like diehard Boston sports fan and really funny guy. Good interview coming up for you guys, for sure. All right. Let's bring him on. Now for the second interview of the Exit 17 podcast, we got Drew joining us. Drew is also a Boston guy like us and is also a big Boston sports fan. Um, What's going on? Are you staying safe? How are you? Yeah, I'm healthy, Mike. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here, as always. I'm just staying at my house right now, you know, staying low during the quarantine, staying healthy. Yo, listen to this shit, dude. Yeah. All right, so... So today I woke. So I only have class on Monday and Wednesday right now because on Tuesdays and Thursdays I used to have rhetoric, but it got canceled because we have so many students in like different countries and shit. That's just like we can't do this class. So I woke up today thinking it was Tuesday, and and then, and then at like two o'clock, one of my siblings told me that it's that it's Thursday, and I was like, "What the like? What are you talking about? Like today is Tuesday." And yesterday, the whole day, I thought it was Monday. So I like it felt like a complete prank where I, I was just like, "Did I sleep through two days?" Like, there's absolutely no way. And I even had a I had an accounting exam yesterday, 
on Wednesday, I guess. That I that no 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 that I thought was on Monday and I made it to the exam <laughs> and like <laughs> because I thought it was Monday <laughs> and took this fucking exam and the whole day I thought it was Monday and then like just t- today I'm finding out it's the end of the week. So so I headed down to, to Ryan's liquors in Waltham. Quick plug. Grab some tweeds. Great spot. Yeah. Tweeds still on the tweed well, train. I was, too, I was too broke for claws, unfortunately, tonight. <laughs> there were 17, <laughs> I only have 15. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. I'm, I'm realizing that that uh quarantine, it's super hard for people with my talents to make money. Which is like it's not there's not many yeah. talents there, which makes it especially hard to make money during quarantine. I mean, like what babysitting, but like kids don't really want their or, or parents don't really want their kids around strangers at this point. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have, also they don't have one like my one job is, is is fucking cut. Like <laughs> I'm screwed right now. I was supposed yeah, to go to California and and now I'm like stranded here. I have no money. Uh, and I had a flight set for like six thirty, uh, one night, like a month ago, and then so I was ready to go at five thirty. Mm-hmm. I packed my bag. I was all set, ready to go. And then I sat down to check in, and I realized I was like, "Shit, <laughs> I I ordered the wrong flight." So instead of the six thirty for that night, I ordered the six thirty for in two weeks <laughs> on April first. Yeah, on April first. <laughs> And so, and so I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, there's no end in this shit. And, uh, and so, but, and it was $125 that flight. And so I was like, shit, shit, shit. And my flight was in an hour. And so I, so I went downstairs and I was like, I like hopped on my computer and I was trying to fucking change the flight. And I found a flight to LAX taking off at 930. Um, that would be $99. I don't get how you're getting because of Corona. No one's flying. Everything's absurdly cheap. So it's ninety nine dollars. So I actually, when I changed my flight, I got refunded twenty five dollars for for change to get three hours back. Yeah, it was dope. That's it. But then, so so I was now going at nine thirty. So I was like, all right, word. And my sister was going to take me to the airport at like you know eight eight thirty, and so I was already to go. And then at like six thirty, Schwally calls me, and he's like, dude we have a problem and i was like i was like no because we had just had a problem with my thing and uh and i was like shit dude what is it and apparently his mom fucking called him and was like freaking out because she was like what drew's coming tonight like you didn't tell me this like he was like yeah i did and she was like no i don't want him going i don't want him going and like he had this huge argument with his fucking mom and she she said that i wasn't allowed to go anymore like three hours before my flight is supposed to take wow. off. Also, when I was already supposed to have taken off, if I had just gotten on the original flight that I meant to book, and uh, and so then I just pushed my flight back because he was like, "Yeah, there's nothing I can do with this." And his dad, he called me later and said he talked to his dad, and both him and his dad were saying the same thing. They were like, "Yeah, no, it's she's just like kind of having like one of those these women moments or whatever, <laughs> like, like you know, still get over it, still get over it, and like a, like tomorrow or whatever, just give it like 24 hours." I mean, how how could she? Yeah, she can't technically, she can't but she could get really pissed and get my parents really pissed and make me fly back. And uh, and so uh, so, but then like a couple of days went by and and nothing was happening. Like she still wouldn't let me fucking go. 
And so then we were like, all right, this fucking blows. So like, whatever. Like, I guess I'll just, like, stay here. And then, we, so then we came up with the plan. We were like, all right, whatever. When fucking Trump bans travel, then I'll book the flight immediately. Or, like, I'll change the flight. Because I still just changed it back. So I could change it to whenever. And so we were like, all right, when I when, when Trump bans travel, then I'll book the flight immediately. Fly out to L.A. And just, like, if then they can't, what are they gonna do? Like make me walk back? Like that's <laughs> that's not gonna be the fucking happen. Like if you can't if you can't fly back, but then <laughs> Trump has just sense. never fucking banned travel, which I'm so upset about. Like, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, even if you did ban travel, yeah, I know exactly. But I would be able to move it up for like a flight in three hours. They wouldn't cancel a flight in three hours. No way. Like I would be able to hop on and change the flights yes. that quick. But so now I'm still stuck in mass. Uh, the flight unfortunately also passed, and I woke up past the flight, so I didn't get to change it. So I lost a hundred bucks. Yeah, you're really, yeah, you're really uh, <laughs> losing and, track um, of time. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I didn't get that shit. I talked to my mom the other day too, and uh, when we were just like sitting in the kitchen or whatever, and I was like, because if someone brought up California, like one of my siblings. And so I was like, I should have been in California right now. And everyone's like, God, oh, like, nice. We're talking about this again. <laughs> I just bring it up nonstop <laughs> to fucking guilt them. And they're pissed about it every time. But, um, and then I, I was talking to my mom. I was like, mom, you know, like one of these days you're going to wake up and I'm going to be gone. Like, <laughs> I hope you understand it. Like my back, my uh, fucking suitcase has been packed for a month. I've not unpacked it. I'm not planning on unpacking it. Like <laughs> if, if travel ever gets fucking banned, I will be gone within hours. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, like, you know, you know, I'm going to be out of here eventually. And she was like, I mean, honestly, as long as his parents don't come to me, like <laughs> I really don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> So hopefully I'm out of here soon, but oh my That's lord, dude, it's so fucking awful. What have your day to day look like? Are you taking online classes and stuff? Yeah, I, I've got you know the online classes going on. Uh, it's pretty difficult because I have six siblings, which makes it tough. So we're always you know looking for rooms to to find you know all the shit to do. But um, yeah, no, it's it's just pretty fucking boring to be honest and. I've been going out for drives, like like two hour, just kind of trips around the neighborhood, to to like fill the the last couple hours of my day. But uh, it, it's it's tough. We're, gotcha. we're, we're sticking it out though at home. Yeah, definitely not much to do. Wait, are your younger siblings also online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't they don't have like actual class. They just have like homework to do online to submit and all that sort of shit. So. Okay. Do they have like a date of where they're going back, or are they done for the year as well? They're they're not done for the year yet, but like realistically, I don't think they're going back. Yeah, makes sense. Definitely some whack times we're in right now. Um, yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about was um, obviously like big news with Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. I wanted to hear what your take was why you think he left um and what that means for the argument of who's better uh like better off belichick in new england or brady with tampa um i mean i think for this upcoming year it's obviously brady and tampa i mean he's got pretty much a complete team around him the defense isn't anything special but you can add to that they have money and he has a very good coach so i think that for like this upcoming year brady's better off but i think long term it's obviously belichick because belichick 
is more the reason for the success than Brady. He has the the genius that created those defenses that you know led them to some championships. He really created Brady's career. So I'm saying, obviously, in the long term, it's Belichick. Plus, I can see the Patriots. If you if I mean this year for the draft this year, I want us to get Jalen Hurts specifically, and like you know the second yeah the, like, the second round if you can yes. get him there. But I I mean That's I think I we would have to move up to maybe early in the second round to get him. He's like a good quarterback who you can develop, and it would also push, you know, Stidham. Like right now, you have Brian Hoyer right there. Like, what is that going to do? He's literally only there in case of an injury to Stidham. So there's no, like, there's nothing chasing Stidham to be any better at all. Like, even if Jalen Hurts isn't ready right now, you at least have that competition where they're pushing each other. And they, yeah, they cleared up some space in the quarterback yeah, exactly. too. They cut Kessler the other the, like, last week. What are your thoughts on like Stidham? You know, what do I mean? What do you think about that? I like. I, I don't Stidham. like Mike's a big Stidham. Guy. I like Stidham, but I, mean, I just don't think. It, it, yeah, it remains exactly. to be it remains seen. To be seen. Like you haven't seen anything super special from him. What about like preseason? Yeah, exactly. The preseason was where you saw him at his best, which you know it's against other preseason defenses. He you did, can make he, anyone yeah, look exactly. good. Not everyone yeah. did show some promise. Like, so I think that you you do see a future there, but there, there's nothing wrong with like getting kind of some competition there. What about like other veteran options like uh, like Cam Newton, uh, Andy Dalton, maybe Jameis Winston? Like, what about those guys? Do you think they'd be a good fit in New England? All right, so, dude, the issue is the cap space. Like, the Patriots don't have much cap space to like work with right now. I think Cam Newton's out of our price range. I still, I still believe in Andy Dalton. A lot of people don't, but like if he gets in the right situation, which I think the Patriots will be the right situation, I could still see him being, you know, something. But I don't think the Patriots will go after him. But if you want to get to the playoffs and you need a quarterback, he can get you there. But he's not going to get you any further. Jameis, I would love to see the Patriots go after, honestly. Yeah. Like if he wanted to sign for not not that much, then I would love to see Because he's, he's, what, 26? Like a former top five pick. What was he, two, four, something like that? Like, I thought he was number one. I, I, I still see potential. I think he's plus, second plus overall. He, he, what, he led the league in passing yards last year. Like he, The potential is all there. You've just got to fix the mistakes, which, I mean, a good coach can do that. And it's not like he's young. And quarterbacks are playing until they're, I mean, Tom Brady, what, 43 this year? Like, you've got, <laughs> that would be like 17 years to correct mistakes. Like, which, I mean, obviously he's not Tom Brady, but, you know, if you, have three years to work on him or something, you can make him at least an above average quarterback, I think. Two elite, possibly. The potential is there. Yeah. I just, just a follow up about that with relation to, I think, the long term outlook. You know, I, we mentioned this in, you know, one of the podcasts last week. It's really tough to say now that obviously the Patriots won a Super Bowl two years ago and that was after this all went down. But you know, in hindsight, does this make you feel any differently about? the whole Garoppolo situation that the Patriots are sort of left high and dry with really yeah, you know, I mean, options you a know, little for, bit for the quarterback. But at the same time, like we won a Super Bowl, so I'm not exactly going to be upset about the future right now. Plus it's not like right. our, our future is like looking bleak. Like we have options. There's, there's places that we can go. We can search for something in the draft as well as we have Stidham as well as we still have Belichick. So, I mean, 
that's much better than a lot of other teams are looking at right now. I also feel like Garoppolo, I'm going to say he's not good, but he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't shown that he's elite at all. He can't carry a team like that. The run offense was way better last year for the Niners. Yeah, you can make the argument that he was the weak link on that 49ers yeah. team. That's what everyone was always talking about. You got to get Garoppolo to make mistakes, which to his credit, he didn't make mistakes often, but when he did, they were costly because he didn't really do much to impact the game like in other ways. Yeah, he did have his moments, though. I remember like that Saints 49ers regular season game where he Oh, yeah, off. that was sick. Um, that was awesome. And yeah, and he's shown great. And I think he's a franchise quarterback. And yeah. He's going to be their franchise quarterback. But I haven't seen that he's like one of the the Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like, you know, one of those quarterbacks where you're super, super excited to win like multiple Super Bowls in the future. Like they're going to be in the playoffs. I can see with him like pretty much every year, like they're going to be perennial, you know, NFC contenders. But I just don't see him being the star of the offense. Well, I think it's a bill thing. I said this like in this in the sense that I said this when it happened, and I still think it now. I think that the biggest endorsement of Garoppolo was just the fact that Bill very clearly, at least the way I saw it at the time, wanted to go with him. And if if Belichick feels that way, you know that's pretty much as good an opinion as you could possibly get. But it, it's tough because if you're in Bill's shoes, I understand why he felt that way, given that as fantastic as Bill is, he's not getting any younger. And he has no interest, yeah, I think, in like a long-term rebuild. And so you know, he's kind of scrambling to figure it out. If Stidham doesn't work out, you know, what is he going to do there? Also, another thing that people don't really talk about is they lost a lot of bodies on the defensive side of the ball too. And so this is a really a testament to how well you think Belichick can just yeah, I think plug one of the, and play the guys all over the defense is that as well. So too. many – like everyone that we lost in free agency this year was one of the guys that were plugged and played. <laughs> Like a few years ago, like it was, it was the classic. You know, Belichick gets these guys for cheap. They play a few years, lead us, you know, get us to Super Bowls, and and then they leave and sign for like ten to fifteen million. It's going to be interesting to see if he fills those holes because I mean, obviously, it's not easy because those players were great in their positions, but I think at the same time there was absolutely no shot that Belichick was going to spend that money for them, nor should he, because that was way too much for those role players. I can, yeah. And, you know, they're going to disappoint that. in their contract. They're not, they're not that good. They're just good in the no, yeah, system. Yeah. Like, as we saw with like Jamie yeah, Hall, exactly. he like leaves, gets big money in Cleveland and then absolutely like sucks. And then he comes to come right back to new England and he's like an elite player again. And then like the process repeats. And I don't know, Belichick is just good at like finding guys that just fit his scheme, understand like what they need to do to be great. And like that doesn't really translate into other systems, which is why I still have hope for Belichick to find like guys that we might have never even heard of or like our average players and like turn them into like the Van Noys and like the Collins like this year. And they still have like pieces on defensive side of the ball. Like they still have Gilmore. Um, they still have a couple other like key players that, like the AFC is pretty weak. Um, Dolphins and Jets are still, I feel, worse than the Patriots. And also, like another yeah. playoff spot opened up. Like there's seven teams that make the playoffs now. So I think uh, if it's Hoyer, if yeah, it's no, we're still a playoff team if the quarterback is anyone. I think like somewhat. Dude, I think Hoyer can win. Like, yeah, if, like Matt Cassell won like 11 games with Belichick. I, I mean, Matt Cassell. <laughs> yeah, 
Matt Castle, whatever. The fuck is that? <laughs> Matt Castle. Um, but yeah, I think if Matt Castle can do it, I think Hoyer can do it too. Honestly, I think- yeah, I agree. But I don't. I don't think the team is as good as it was. Nor, nor do I think the league is as bad as it. Like, dude, there are some exactly huge yeah. contenders in the AFC right now. I mean, we can make the playoffs. I agree with you that we could contend for the playoffs. There, there aren't many contenders. Sure. Who are the but contenders? Hoyer, Kansas City. Dude, I mean, the Bills with Hoyer might be better than us, and I do not like the Bills. I think they're trash, and I hate Josh Allen. I, I'm a big. But Josh I think Allen, the Bills. He's pretty good. Yeah, I know that you are, dude. <laughs> Josh Allen fucking sucks. I told you. I told you he's better than Baker. I, he's I garbage. You, I, you were, dude. No, he's not. He's not better, even close. Better than Baker. Dude, Baker, pick him. In, pick him in your fantasy draft next year. Pick a, Baker. I'm sucks, telling you right dude. now. Baker dude, is Come trash. back to this take next year. Pick him in your fantasy draft. With all those weapons that Baker Mayfield has in Cleveland, if he does not win at least ten games, I think he's a bust. You could just count. Like, he needs to win. Like, yeah, he has so 11. many tools. He has like two elite running backs, a bunch of receivers, two insane. Going players. eleven, dude. Don't worry about it. He he better do well, and I think this is like make or break. Like no more excuses. Like I, their coach still sucks, but it's make or break. He's what twenty four, dude. Last year he broke the rookie record for touchdowns. And you're going to say this is his maker break year? How many games year? did he win last year? Seven? They, yeah. They went, That's awful. what, seven and nine? That's no good. You can't With Steve Jackson as their coach? I know. There are huge deficiencies like, come on. in that team. Just in and what, what other quarterbacks have done I mean, well in that draft class? Like, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen obviously. And Josh Allen, who's been carried by his defense. Josh Allen is good. Um, he should have won that playoff game, too. Messed up there. But he's been the better quarterback, I want to say. No, he has to. Yeah, he has. Baker is so much better than Josh Allen. No, nope. Josh Allen has a better arm, and he has he can actually run. Baker can run too, as well as Josh Allen is huge. He's gonna start facing like injury problems if he keeps fucking running. I don't know. I think his body can absorb hits. I don't know if he's gonna like that. Yeah, of course he can. But he's running like Lamar Jackson, dude. I mean, if Lamar he's, like, Jackson six, gets six, pretty hard, two thirty, dude. I think Lamar Jackson's more of a risk than Josh Allen, based on I agree. Body types. I think they're both huge risks. All right, we'll we'll see. But I feel like, yeah, I mean, I also feel like Lamar doesn't get hit as hard because Lamar can run. Lamar's he's, faster. No, he's got to be smart about it. He is, so he can run away from the big boys. Yeah, he's much. Allen's better. running right up the middle, right into the the D tackles and the the linebackers and all that. No, you're right. Lamar Jackson's a much better. Well, Jackson Jackson's also like. Everyone's been saying this, the injury, the injury, the injury, the injury, since, like, his junior year in college. like, And he has stayed healthy. Like, I feel like you have to credit him for that. Like, I agree that there is a huge injury risk, but you also can't take away from the fact that he has stayed healthy, like, his whole career. Yeah, well, long-term, there's, like, a clear model for the – there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Michael's not going to like this either, but you either be Cam Newton and, like, abuse your body and you know, have no regard for like long term. I know, but there's or different body the right types. way to do it is to be yeah. And, I, and, I, and Josh Allen, and Josh Allen, Josh Allen's no, but choosing yeah, to go yeah, to Cam yes, Newton, way, type, but, it's, but he's it's a, not as no, good of a quarterback as Cam Newton. First of all, Cam Newton has eight inches on Russell Wilson. Cam Newton was a way it's better quarterback than Josh Allen. It's about like if you're five yards downfield, like Russell Wilson's not nothing close to that. That's not the point. He has it's about to. a mindset. Russell Wilson chooses to go out of bounds. No, Cam Newton can like he, he could take those hits. Obviously, he reached a point now where he can't. But he had more room, and his career was able to last like 
as much as it did because he his body type allowed him to take those hits. Like Russell Wilson would not would not have lasted like two years if he played the way like Cam Newton did. It's just playing to your strengths. And like Yeah, but but Allen's not as good as Newton. That's the issue. Yeah, he isn't. He's not as good as any of any of those guys at all. Yeah, you make a fair point, but um like he's still good enough to win. Like plenty of quarterbacks. So then also once his running game goes what is he gonna? You gotta learn to throw the ball. Like, there's you nothing there. Uh, yeah, I agree. He has a good arm. He has a, he has a cannon. He has a good arm. So receivers just run goes, and then they watch it fly ten yards over their head. Yeah, I mean you can't hit him all the time when you're throwing it deep like that. But they have to. They rely on screens for like half of their passing offense just because if he can't throw it accurately beyond five yards. I mean he can develop. He's still young. We'll see. I know he's still young, and I agree he can develop, but he hasn't shown any ability to. I don't know. I think he's shown a huge progression from last from last year to this year. You can't. I don't that. think. So. Are you kidding me? He. I don't think he won so. eleven he games. Not, he not got a lot I don't not think he enough. or that, de- that defense is great. That defense is great, and they have an awesome coach. They do, but he's able to flourish in that system. What's their coach's name? McDermott. McDermott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great coach. Yeah, and he's the he's a defensive mind. And that defense was great. It is. I'm not saying it's not great, but Josh Allen did a good job. And the offense wasn't. Josh Allen also had no one to throw the ball to. So it's a big year for Josh Allen too. Is, I don't. Yeah. I don't think either of them is that is is you know gonna gonna uh, be a premier quarterback, Baker or or Allen. But it is a big year for both of them. I think Baker will. No. I think Baker is. I thought he was the number one overall player in that draft, and I think he was deserving of the number. There are just so many young quarterbacks be better than Baker. So many. Wait, was Lamar in that draft class? He was, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't going to go number one overall. Yeah, he wasn't. I remember there was rumors that Patriots were going to take him. That would have been cool to see. But... Yeah, I remember that too. I was rooting for that. That was Darnold's draft. Well, I didn't think he was like at all. Yeah, I like Darnold too, but he's. I think he's worse than Baker. I don't think so. I'd rather have Darnold. <laughs> But I think Darnold is, you know, a future pro goal. I think he'll be a pretty above-average starter. Yeah, if he, he can, doesn't uh, have any weapons, any line. I mean, I had Le'Veon Bell last year in fantasy, oh, and God. I would so I would watch all their games, and it was just absolutely atrocious. The line would <laughs> just never do anything. They they just <laughs> so couldn't. So they bad. gave him no time. I remember I was watching one game uh, because I had like DraftKings lineup with like Jets players and like. They Donald could not hold the ball for more than two seconds. Like the it was just yeah exactly. Horrible. Like it was and and their best receiver is Robbie Anderson, who I think is actually pretty good. I think he's underrated. He's gone. Now. Yeah, but he's not on the he team. Runs, he runs. Yeah, he's <laughs> gone. He's gone. He's also a number two receiver who runs go route, like to take up that side of the field. I mean, yes, he, he's, he's not number one. And I don't even I don't even know who their number two receiver was. Like. He was hurt. Like, noon was I can't okay. Even he remember. Was I mean, yeah, Quincy. Noon, yeah, noon has been injured for like the past three years. Like. Yeah, they're they, they had absolutely nothing. Uh, they had my boy Jose Barrios, or Mike too. Yeah, Braxton Barrios, or Braxton, Braxton, Braxton. He's returning punts for him. Speaking of Jose Barrios, let's transition to baseball. Um, what's your outlook on the Boston Red Sox situation? Uh, they like dealt Mookie Betts to the Dodgers for a bag of chips, and Chris Sale is going through Tommy John right now. So. What is the outlook for the Red Sox? Do you think they're a playoff team? I think they still have like the bats, but the pitching is not there. I still think they can compete for a playoff spot. My thought. Um, 
Yeah, it's tough. I don't know if they compete for a playoff spot this year. If this year even happens, who knows? I think a lot would have to go right for them to compete for a playoff spot. And, you know, if it happens, which I could see it happen, happening, then that's great. But, I mean, the team's not in good shape with, you know, Sale on the DL. Pedroia's still on the DL if he even does He's done. Anymore. They don't need him. They they have like Jose, uh, yeah, but just sad to say, dude, because he, he's like my favorite player of all time. Like growing up, he was my my idol. Oh yeah, for sure, he was everybody. But you know, he, he he's there comes a time when you reach that age. Yeah, yeah, it's over. As well as he played so hard for so long, like I I still want to yeah. see him getting hurt over and over again. Like there comes a point where it's just like, <laughs> you know, like he's already dead. Like. <laughs> Stop. Just put him on the <laughs> staff. He doesn't have to leave. Just make him bench coach or something. Yeah, I know. He would be he would be an awesome coach. Like a hitting coach or something. That would be spectacular. Just, yeah. He's not coming back. And if he comes back, he's gonna go back and be out. But yeah, definitely not. Know, we're not player. looking at much. I actually like the bets trade. I know everyone hates it, but I thought it was pretty good. What, what can you possibly like about that? Alex Verdugo? <laughs> yeah, I think he's good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he also, so, I mean, he's a, he's a Sox fan. Like he grew up a Sox fan. So, you know, he'll play hard. He's going to be playing hard in Fenway on Friday night. I don't Uh, care how. He's also also pretty good, dude. He's been like a top 20 prospect for like the last two years. Like he's produced in the majors. I think he's pretty solid as well as, uh, you know, the other kid, Jeter Downs. He's, he's pretty good. He's like a top 30 prospect right now. Uh, maybe yeah. top twenty, but um, then I also think, dude, Mookie Betts was not going to resign, so you had to trade him. No, he he didn't. No, we offered him three hundred million. Didn't resign. There's no cap. They could have offered him whatever they wanted. They still there's can. Cap. There's, there's a, a situation cap, where dude. they don't. He doesn't play another game for another team. If they ask this season, they still could sign him. Yeah, I mean, I but, but but then there's also the chance that you're going to lose him for nothing. And you also – did we get rid of Price's contract? How much yeah. are we paying? No, like we're still paying a bunch of it. But Yeah, it, I bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we still got rid of like half of that. But I think that bets you were losing no matter what, you have to get something back. There's no way you can lose a talent like that and not get anything back, which is the risk that they were facing, which everyone would be so much more pissed about. And we offered him 300-plus million. And he didn't resign. He wanted well, to leave. No, well, he wanted well, to test free agency no matter what. What people are so pissed about is that John Henry didn't want to go over the luxury tax. Like, this exactly. is the kind of guy you got to pull out your wallet for. Because we've been if over, you think he's going to leave, over it, like, different three argument. straight years. We're about to have to pay 25% of our payroll, which is like, what, $50 million? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, they're billionaires. Like, yeah, okay. Fifty Pay million? You're just gonna throw that away? He's spending the yeah, money on Liverpool. Cheap fuck, dude. Dude. To win, if it's worth it, if you win the world, and series, we would also have lost. We would have also lost draft picks. Draft picks and, and international pool money, all for going draft, over the luxury draft tax. Draft picks in baseball are a crapshoot. Like when bets, when bets was not even a guarantee to sign that whole time anyway. You were gonna risk that. And then also risk losing him <laughs> completely. You had I to get back. Risk. You had to get something back. And if he truly wants to be in Boston, then, you know, he'll resign after this year, whatever. I don't think it's likely, but I, don't, I think that's because if he didn't want to be in Boston in the first place. I think he would have left anyway. You had to get something back. You cannot lose him for nothing. 
and that's apparently the what they thought was going to happen. That's apparently what it looked like. And they thought, oh, shit, if we fucking lose him for nothing, <laughs> the people aren't going to be happy with that. So they, they got back what they could, which, I mean, I don't think was enough. When I first looked at it, I thought that's fucking awful. That's a horrible trade. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, we were going to lose him anyway, so might as well get back what we could. And we got back a decent amount. I would have loved to see more, but I'm, I was completely okay with the idea of trading that. Like, it made sense to me. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. <laughs> I just don't see why you would have wanted out in Boston. He won the World Series in 2018. The well, fans then why wouldn't he resign? For three hundred million, no idea. What he thinks he's worth three fifty, maybe he is. How much is Mike Trout getting? Three thirty. He, he'll get more on the open market. I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will too. But will he be worth it? He's got a Pedroia type yeah. body. I mean, he's not. He's like he was. I love that. I love that, and he's incredible. I think he's. I think he's nuts. But I don't see him as a guy that I'm worth betting on losing him. And not getting anything back, as well as you know, even if I resign him for these for thirty five million a year for the next ten years, his body holding out for that ten year contract till he's thirty six years old. Yeah, I mean, it depends what assumptions you're making. Like the, the Red Sox also have been screwing themselves over for years with bad contracts. Oh, like, I their agree. payroll yeah. is still currently horrendous. Like yeah. the, the list of players the Sox are paying right now. No, I think it's like, terrible. Pablo Sandoval, Dustin Medroya. <laughs> Are we still saying Hanley? Like... I mean, it's, yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, they set themselves up for failure with Dombrowski writing checks left and right that, you know, that are Hey, Dombrowski also won us the world. And series. so this is what happens. Like, But this is yeah, what Dombrowski I mean, does. He did the same thing yeah, in Detroit. Exactly. He, yeah, exactly. Detroit's had like we won Scherzer, a world series, Verlander. Though. Yeah, and Detroit was close. He could have won with Detroit, too. I guess it works, and then you just leave the team in the gutter, which is yeah. exactly. It's like it's a short it's, – it's like you put all the money in up front and win now and now and now, and then someone else has got to deal with the And Detroit is and so, so this is bad the right now. Had no they might be the system. worst team in MLB. Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. They got – exactly. I mean, they got fleeced by Nebraska. And so the Sox are trying to like pivot before you know they have no farm system and nothing to, to show for, for any of that. I mean the rotation is still an absolute you know joke. The rotation right? has but, nothing. And our farm system has horrible. pretty much nothing it, in terms of rotation. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what happened. I mean, it paid off with the ring, but I mean, it, it it doesn't it's not a sustainable way to, to go about it. That's what I mean the bloom is not like that at all. It I also it's, it's I also think yeah value. I also think Boston is you know, we're able to we're able to rebound within like a couple of years. And Bloom, he with Tampa Bay, you know, they always have the great prospects coming up. So hopefully he's got an eye for that. Especially pitching prospects. And then hopefully oh he can God. use the, the money that we have, you know, in free agency to pick up some solid players. Cause we still have a core. It's just the core is starting to get older, so we need to we need to get on it like quick, I feel like. The lineup's pretty good. The lineup's very good, honestly. The, the, the rotation is just horrible. Even even without bets, the, the middle of their lineup is you know, yeah. stacks up with pretty much anybody. Devers, Devers like 23. Bogarts and JD. So, see, Bogarts is like yeah, 27, is 28, and you're already paying him. So I feel like he he's he's a guy that makes it look like a win now type of scenario. But you can get no, we got maybe like bets. three or four years out of him being at an above average level. Like Benny Biceps is good. I think yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got to show a step I up. Love him. 
he's yeah. got to show improvement for me because he was so bad last year. And he's still he's still a young kid. 25. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, he also yeah, he the also clock's ticking on becoming a big contributor. Yeah, because he he also doesn't have this absurdly high outlook. He's like a, you know, I mean, at the best, like a 315, 25 home run type of guy, which you know would be awesome. But I mean, I would love to see him this year at. I would love to see him hit 300. That would be awesome for me. Yeah, I mean, in 2018 when they won it, he was hitting like probably around that. Yeah. I don't think he cracked 300. I might be wrong, but I mean, I would just love to see him get back to 300 or around 300 this year. You know, like 15 home runs. I would like, you know, like 35, 40 doubles would be sick. Like, I feel like he's that type of player in the future. So. He's got to show something. I could see. It's not, yeah, it's not getting any easier for him either. And he used to bat right behind that, so he's not, he's not really protected. He might, he think he's going to lead off this year, and so, you know, he's not, he, he's not in a position where, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, long story short, the spotlight's going to be on him even more, more now more than ever. Yeah, and I mean, he has extra long to prepare for the season, I guess. So. Yeah, so, I also like the Kevin Pilar signing. I think he's a, I love his fielding. Uh, yeah, abilities. he's good. Good defensively, and he he can get on base here and there. He's obviously he's not got pretty good looking. speed too, right? Yeah, like decent. He's into his thirties now, but yeah, me... he's nasty in the outfield. I remember on the Blue Jays a few years ago, he just like all of a sudden took over the highlight reel. He's crazy. Yeah, good. yeah. No, I, I like the signing. Like it was kind of a, a why not? It'll be good to stick out there for like defensive replacements. Uh, base I guess JBJ is the on and out. Awful. JBJ. Yeah, Dude, yeah, JBJ should have been gone years ago. After Abby's little hot Dude. stretch that second half of the season in like 2017 or whatever, we should have shipped him off that offseason. No yeah, doubt about he can't it. Hit. Just cannot hit at all. Jackie 0 for 4, Bradley. Batting <laughs> yeah. 9. Every night. Like clockwork. Verdugo, I think, right, will yeah. be solid too. Number 99. Probably. There are bats on the roster. Vasquez had a great year last year at the plate too. Dude, I don't believe in Vasquez at all. I mean, I know, I know, I know he had a great year, and I mean, he had like what two eighty or something. I just don't don't think he's that. I just don't think he's that good. I think you're going to see a a step down this year for sure. I think back down. Yeah, I thought he was taking roids at one point. He was just hitting like a bunch of home runs. It was like, where the out of the blue did this come from? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had like ten. Yeah, I had a completely out of nowhere. He had like ten career home runs in like four or five years, and like, then all of a sudden, fuck it, when we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he always had a cannon. Of, yeah. like, he was never a power. Like, he never. I always him. loved him for his defense. I always loved Swihart. I always believed in him. They oh, fucked yeah. him up. I love they, they fucked he, him yeah. up. That was unfortunate. He was such a top prospect. Yeah, that was that was so unfortunate. I don't even yeah, know where he is right now. I think he was on the Mets yeah, side, how I check. Yeah, his career is probably over. God damn. He was good. He was like yeah. the number 13 prospect. Yeah. They played him all over the place. Yeah, that's that what him screwed him up. <laughs> he was nasty. I used yeah. to always get him in the MLB to show and, and like make him nasty. Bring his potential up. I remember like he, used to, he used to bat with no gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He was a beast. I dig that. All right, yeah. Let's transition. Um, I know you're a big country music guy. Um, Sam Hunt dropped a new album recently. What are your thoughts on the album? Yeah, I just, I just don't think it's that good. I don't know. I, was, I thought it was pretty 
pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Yeah, I mean, you I... can argue that that it's poppy, but it's still good. No, I, my issue isn't that it's poppy. My issue is that I just don't think it's that good. Like there, are, so all the good songs were pre-released. Like, <laughs> I mean, "Body Like a Backer" is in this. <laughs> that came out like I think three years stopped, ago. He just summed that in. He just he just had no other place to put it because he dipped for like the past six years. All right, but there's twelve songs, and at least five or at least six new. of them are old ones. Yeah, that's half. And there's yeah, no, I, I don't think like there's any like fire song. Like there's no, you know, you look at his his first album, like raised on it, make you miss me, break up in a small town, house party. Leave the night on, like those are fire songs. Those are way better than all the songs that he put out. And then he had like a couple of those like weird like little talking songs that he does, but like they weren't as good yeah. as Take Your Time. Take Your Time was actually good. Like those Take ones were kind of yeah, they weren't great. I just think it was a step down for sure. I don't know. I, out of the new ones, I, I really like Twenty Sixteen a lot. I think Twenty Sixteen was, like... was yeah, that was fine. That was, that was the slow one that like it's fine. And that just doesn't make an album. Like that's just kind of. A I just side think the song. lyrics are good. Um, he like speaks the truth in it. I feel like it resonates with him, and it really connects with what he's been going through, which is pretty cool. I think. I also yeah, like, but it's not a song that I can like drive around to and just like blast. I mean, yeah, it's slow, but it's still good. I mean, like yeah, I know. If you but you need to the more popular ones. Like breaking up was easy in the '90s is pretty poppy. It has like yeah, a yeah, that one's not bad. That's that's probably my favorite new one on it. But that's the only one. So that 2016 and Hard to Forget are honestly the only three songs I would listen to. Those the, are the, yeah, my three the favorite albums for sure. Just super weird. Did you listen to the? the uh, yeah, that one was all right. It's, it's so strange, dude. It's like he's like talking in it, and then he like drops crazy ass details in it. Like he's like, yeah, I, just, I, I feel that, like, like I feel like it was just LSU. too. I'm it like, was too what is down, like of an album. There wasn't enough like joy in it. <laughs> it I was think, like, yeah, I agree. I think the whole album has. Like, it was especially sad, like while we're in quarantine right now. When I listened to it, I was like, damn, like this is just fucking depressing. Like, <laughs> I was hoping for something uplifting from you. Like, say, <laughs> no, even even the songs that are like poppy, like young ones. Yeah, like, it just still sounds depressing. And then I, I just think it's also it, it just sucks that the good songs were released early. Like hard to forget, I think is great, and it was released not that long before. As well as I didn't even know about it until you told me about it like a week and a half ago. Kinfolks, that one was released a long yeah, time ago, and I think it sucks. Body like a background, great for like a few months until it was all over the radio for like a, a year and a half straight where they're like every single time it's like and sam hunt's new song body like a background like like a year and a half after it came out <laughs> and uh what, what else is it downtown said i actually do think that's a pretty good song but once again it's gotten kind of old sitting with you i don't think it's that great drinking yeah, I, too much i don't think it's anything special yeah. I just think I mean, it was a pretty was average like, album. He had especially such a, when you compare it to his last album, which kind of sucks since it took him so long to I come mean, out with an album and then it just like wasn't that great. That's what I'm kind of upset about. I don't get why that is. He had so much success yeah. with his last album. And then if you're gonna be putting like on like the six, six ago, songs think, that that you've already released, why isn't this album at least fifteen songs? I think he's just like 
been doing like being lazy and not doing anything I, yeah i, know, I mean he's going this album issues, makes it sound like he's going through some fucking issues <laughs> like i mean i don't know get like get help like yes. I'm, I'm wishing the best for you I didn't know like, think- like if you're asking my opinion on the album then yeah i would say it's just an average album yeah I mean, yeah i'm happy, I'm happy to, to see, see him release something like as well as i'm happy that some of the songs were like pretty enjoyable like hard to forget is a great song it's i've been playing it a lot lately but there's just not many. It's not like one of those albums where I'm just adding every song. Okay. Um, for the final segment, I want to do like a quick, like, uh, am I the asshole right. type scenario? So, yeah, it's like one of those like Reddit um, threads where people just post like, am I the asshole? And they just list the scenario and like people debate whether they're the asshole or not the asshole. So I'm going to read this scenario and then I want to hear what your thoughts are. All right. Gotcha. All right. So it says, am I the asshole for telling my son the truth about alcohol? My wife and I have a six-year-old son, Alex. He's very smart and curious, and I encourage that um, by not sugarcoating things. He asks questions, I give him answers, um, and I can't stand when adults use baby talk or kid language. Anyways, today I was watching TV and downing a few beers. My son asked me if he could try some. I said no. He asked why, and I said because beers is an adult drink. He asked why. Um, Now my wife and her family normally say things like, that's daddy's juice, um, if it's like, beer or wine. And I think that's stupid. So I said, because beer makes you feel funny and then it makes you puke. My son doesn't like throwing up. So I figured it would turn him off. He asked why I drink beer. If it makes me puke. I said, well, grownups drink beer because when you get older, life is really hard and sad. Beer makes you happy and makes you forget (laughs) about your problems. Beer makes you stop thinking because you have so many (laughs) bad thoughts. My son just kind of said, okay, and went away at that point. My wife overheard that last part and is super pissed <laughs> since it wasn't age-appropriate. I think I told him the truth, and I wasn't overly graphic. Am I the asshole? So, um, All right, what, so what are I mean, this, this I don't think he's an guy. asshole because you can raise your kids how you want. Like if that's, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I was raised, you know, my parents never really gave a shit since we had – you know, since they had seven kids to watch out for, so we could like disappear for three days at a time, and they just like wouldn't even notice when we would stroll in three days later. So, like, I I, I don't really <laughs> care about that type of stuff too much. But I mean, at the same, at the same time, like you didn't have to take it to that level. Like you could have very easily just kind of. I mean, even the puke thing, I thought was completely fine. Like if your son's like, if he doesn't like puking, then why not tell him it makes you puke. But then when he asked why, like, wh- why say that life is depressing and sad? Like, that's, like, that's horrible. Like, you're, you're supposed there to be, are so like, many like better kids outs. look there, up to their parents. So they think, like, their parents say. have shit all figured out. Like, you're supposed to be that role model for your kids. So, yeah, I think that's, like, a little bit too far to say that. Because of, like, why kind of break that, I don't know, like, why kind of show that, that life can kind of suck at times? And you could very easily just see, like, yeah, I think he just takes that stuff like that. And a six year old be like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, also like, like not necessarily true. Yeah, some people like great, so it's like different for everyone. I feel like he's like saying it like it's exactly. the objective. Like, yeah. People drink for different reasons, like, it's not just to forget about your problems. Like, yeah, that might be one side of it, but that's like not the case, like, for a lot of times, yeah, exactly. So, I think it's it's like. He's not an asshole. He can he can say what he wants, but you know, like, what's the point in going that far? Yeah, I mean, the kid what's is the six point? years old. I think that overboard. 
Yeah. I don't know. People on this thread say he's an asshole. Yeah, like, I agree with that. So, um, I guess by definition in this, I guess he's the asshole, but. Yeah, who's the alternative? <laughs> the six-year-old's the asshole? If asking yeah. Questions. Fuck you. It is. Yeah, stay out of my fucking business, kids. <laughs> yeah, you had a rough day. Kids asking too many questions. Boy, did you piss you know, yourself? One thing. Oh, you had a tough day. <laughs> Life fucking sucks. Get used to it. <laughs> Life sucks, then you die. Yeah. Right, little Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, definitely not the right way to handle this, in my opinion. Asshole. But yeah. <laughs> One last thing I want to say is I think Jared Stidham will lead the Patriots. I think if he's given the shot as well as – I think he needs competition. But even if he doesn't, you know, I think that – I think he's pretty good. Dude, competition is in his blood. He grew up in Stephenville, Texas. He played through high school, tough high school football in Texas. I think think he's going to be a starter. He also went to Auburn. Uh, I don't he think he's much better than, than yeah, Ryan yeah. Tannehill. Yeah, let's fast forward the Stidham Wikipedia page. The, the problem is, if if the bar is making the playoffs, yeah, exactly. the bar, I mean, that's that's a change for a Patriots fan. That's different. That shouldn't be. I, I think the he bar. will be able to win multiple Super Bowls down the road. Dude, I think he's like a Tannehill. I think that's pretty much what his level is at. Which ta- no, like a, and a Tannehill on the you, the I mean, Titans, which is what I always thought Tannehill could be because I like Tannehill was obviously. You know, in a horrible spot on the Dolphins, but I just don't think he's anything special. He's like average to above average, and can sometimes perform special, but you can't expect it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess time will tell. I think Belichick will be able to. Yeah, help for him out sure. I mean, that's obviously he... a huge boost for any young quarterback. That's all, all right. we have planned for today. All right, man. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate. That was fantastic being here. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, thanks.